welcome to the X-Files on the Grid podcast. I am Rachel. And I'm Tristan. And today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 12, Fire. This is going to be a nitty-gritty review of the episode, so that means we're going to be going through all the categories and subcategories of the nitty-gritty TV show grid rating system that I've created, and uh, talking about what works and what doesn't with this episode. Before we delve into that, though, were there any uh, any memories or associations, any kind of general comments you want to uh, to kick off this this review? Uh, I remember this episode. What I remember more than this episode itself is this your reaction when you know that we're going to watch it soon, and that's about all I got to say about this. All right. Um, I definitely remember this episode, and uh, I don't really want to talk about what I remember specifically, because I know it's going to come up very shortly within the grid. <laughs> um, Intense, very shortly. Yeah, I do have some pretty strong opinions on this episode, uh, a lot of which do stem back to being like a nine or ten year old kid watching this episode and feeling jealous on Scully's behalf that Mulder's like being flirtatious with some other woman and I'm like what <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> as an adult my uh, my opinions are a little different but still kind of lingers in the background sure. uh, just because I reacted so strongly to that as a kid but as an adult uh, my perception is a little different and uh, we'll get into that in a minute uh, is there anything else you want to add before we dive in no, let's dive in. All right, so the first category of the grid is going to be writing, and the first subcategory within that is going to be mythology character development. <laughs> this is, as I hinted at before, definitely one of the categories that I have the strongest opinions on, uh, but before I delve into that, is there anything you want to want to add for this category? Not add, we haven't said anything yet, but <laughs> you want to kick us off at all? Uh, yeah, so I guess I'll start this one. As far as mythology goes, there's not really that much of it, but it does try to add some backstory to Mulder. And it does have a lot of like subtle and not so subtle, like Mulder Scully interactions relating to the past and like Scully's reaction to seeing her and all the things that happen. So I think they tried to sort of develop things more and add more to the to to the main characters and their past and their relationship with each other. But it just kind of didn't really work that well for me. I'm not super sure why. I have a couple ideas, which will probably come up later. <laughs> I, I do appreciate that they tried, but I, I can't really specify why it didn't work. So I didn't, I didn't knock it for not working because I'm not sure how they could have done it different or better. Or... I have a few ideas. So... This is a hard category for me because, because like you said, like there's, it's, it's trying and it's adding some interesting things to his backstory. We learn more about like his college years and this right. crazy relationship he had. And he gets a little bit of like emotional depth by knowing that like, oh, he hasn't always been this super antisocial dude. Like he's mm -hmm. got this, this past, he can form relationships and like he seems to have a very sentimental or, or just emotional core where like. You know, the end of this relationship 10 years ago really affected him, even now. Yeah. And from as far as we can tell, it was a fairly brief relationship, like in college. Right. Um, so I think that that does kind of help his character of like, oh, he's not just like antisocial. He's not just weird. Like he's got this emotional side to him. And, and I think it goes to his relationship with Scully, too, even though it's for the most part platonic. A lot of people are going to get mad at me for saying that, but for the most oh, part, yeah. it's, it's a fairly platonic relationship. But even so, they still have this this bond and this, this very, uh, it's not just a professional relationship, it's based in emotions as well, because he he has this emotional side. So, so in that regard, like it's doing a lot to add to his character, which I really like. What I don't like, there's two things I don't like. First, I don't like that they, uh, by they, I mean Chris Carter, he wrote this episode. Yeah. He... He really tried to, I don't want to say do too much, but it's, it's like he was trying to do two completely different things with the character of Mulder in this episode. On the one side, he was trying to give him this emotional depth, which for the most part worked, although right. I'll get into to some of the bigger reasons why it didn't in a minute. But then he also tried to be like, oh, let's give him like this really specific character thing where like he's afraid of fire and it's going to be this, this thing that marks his character. And it's like... He got over it pretty quick in this episode. Like, he just had to get mad at his ex-girlfriend. It's like, I can yeah. face fire now. 
and then like he saves the kid and everything's fine and as far as i can recall he's never afraid of fire again like i don't remember ever yeah ever seeing it there's a lot of episodes i don't remember there's a lot of stuff that happens that i'm sure i'll be like oh i completely forgot so maybe it comes up again but i don't think it does um so like it tried to add this complexity to his character and then it ended up just being this one-off thing and it just kind of falls flat because of that um and even with it i think it's pretty clear even within the context of this episode that that's not something that's gonna like right it's not gonna be a plot point yeah this isn't you know it's not indiana jones and snakes which I think right. was kind of what he was going for. He's like, this, oh, this is going to be his thing. He's going to be afraid of this thing. And like, yeah, but just for this episode. And, and then he's over it. I think part of that is because they did not want to work with fire after this episode. From what yeah. I remember reading years ago, here and there. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I hadn't read anything like that. But we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in some of the later categories. Because yeah. I'm, I'm sure that had to have been a nightmare. Um, But then the other thing with this category that I think really makes it fall flat, at least for me, I tend to, um, this might be a little more specific to my personality type and the way I watch shows and the way I associate with characters. But like for all those things I said about like, you know, Mulder having this relationship and having it give him this emotional depth, like that's all great. But the character of Phoebe is awful. Like she's just the worst like she, they're trying to be like they again they being chris carter like it's very much so it's very much so trying to be like oh look at this wild and carefree person and she's so fun and she's so flirtatious and she she thinks the same way Mulder does isn't this all great she's like the uh. anti-scully like they really that's what they were trying to do that again chris i don't know why i keep saying they chris carter he was really trying to be like here's this anti-scully wild and crazy fun out there person and she just comes off as crazy she's crazy <laughs> like really i think so i mean again this this very well could be coming off of like watching it as like a 10 year old kid and being like who the hell is this chick and why is she flirting <laughs> with Mulder? so you know i, I could you back be off you bitch <laughs> he's mine and scully's no one else's <laughs> i'm but no, like she's just like from the her introduction of like like oh, oh I'm yeah. gonna pull a prank and it's like I'm gonna make them fear for their lives and then make them think they're gonna blow up. It's gonna be wild, and I'm just like okay. that's not okay. And just even just her her dialogue is weird and like the way she flirts with Mulder is weird. Like she's just crazy and weird. I didn't like her. <laughs> and I like I like the idea of being like oh one of his only past relationships presumably since that was a college relationship I don't really think we hear of him uh, certainly at this point in the series like there's he's not a guy that's had a bunch of relationships yeah and so to have this be one of them is just like well maybe this is why yeah I mean like I said I like the idea I like that it's like oh here's this anti-Scully character here's mm. how she hurt him. Here's how it's going to, like, affect his personality. But, like, she was just, she was so unlikable and so annoying and just weird and crazy. And I just, I've, I've ranted for too long about this, but I did not like her. And that's what I have to say about that. Hmm. Well, I'm sure that will come up again in a later category. <laughs> so after all of that, what was your overall score for mythology character development? I still gave it kind of high. And after all of those rants, um, I think it's too high. I gave it a seven. So I was like, I still like, I like all those things it was doing with Mulder. It just didn't go, didn't go far enough or in the right direction or something. So I think I might knock it down to a six. Okay. If, if either the fear of fire was a recurring thing or Phoebe was more likable, I would keep it a seven or even knock it up to an eight both of those things pitting against it i don't really think i can say it it exceeded expectations i'm gonna give it the high end of needs expectations with a six okay i also gave it a seven i'm not gonna change it to a six though and it's for basically what we both said It, it tries and it would be really interesting except for some reason and i'm still not quite sure but i think what you said makes a lot of sense it just didn't quite hit the mark what did you think about the plot structure and pace? 
this is another one I had a little bit of trouble with. Uh, pretty much all of the writing ones, I'm going to kind of say the same things. I'm going to try not to repeat myself. As far as the plot structure goes, I thought the plot was structured well enough. Issues with character aside, like everything made sense. Everything fit where it needed to go. It, it did interesting things for the most part. Um, so the plot structure was fine. The pace, though, it was it was fine. It was a solid like five, maybe even a six for most of the episode. And then it gets to the last act, and it is so boring. I was bored during like the entire last act. This is going to be another kind of longer, but like the whole last act was just people behaving stupidly. <laughs> and I was just like having an aneurysm being like, what are you just get out of the house? What yeah. are you doing? Yeah, that's it was, right. It was like 10 to 15 minutes of people wandering around a house that's on fire. I'm like, don't look for a right. fire. Extinct- get the kids out. Or just standing in the room while yeah. Mulder is smacking a fire <laughs> with the sheet which he later is like oh it's doused in fuel I'm like you didn't notice that before like yeah. it didn't feel wet to you like what were you thinking and yeah just the and whole- then the three other people were like huddled near the door right not looking for the kids just at that point watching molder and yeah. then the parents who know molder did not deal well with the fire the first time when it was <laughs> in the hotel like he's like i'll get the kids don't worry and they're like oh, okay now we'll leave the house i have a real hard time believing Unless he was a firefighter, then I could see being like, okay, you're a professional. I trust you to take care of this. I kind of thought the same thing. But like Scully said earlier, like these people don't even tie their own shoes. They're completely useless and helpless. So I I don't know if that explains it fully or well enough or not well enough. But I I know what you're thinking because I thought the same thing. Still, though, all the other issues, like the whole last act. This is like, I'm going to try and keep this short because I could easily... Uh, go on too long and I don't know if it's going to be funny to other people <laughs> but I remember once it, I was probably like in high school like my sister and I were both teenagers and somehow we got on the topic we we're talking with my parents like what would we do if there was a fire in the house like it wasn't like they weren't sitting us down to have like an escape it just kind of came up with like oh what what would we do if the house suddenly burst into flames because this was apparently just what we talked about sure and so my sister is going like like oh what like I heard about this you have to find rubber soled shoes and like put the shoes on all the doorknobs and if the rubber melts you know not to open that door and then i'm like oh no you go and find a fire extinguisher and and try and put the fire out that way and then my parents are like looking at us rightfully horrified like no like like yes if you if you have to use a door (laughs) like yeah probably use a shoe or whatever to to make sure you're not going to scald your hand and you know have flames on the other side of the door engulf you you know like yeah okay in in a worst case scenario but no go out the window (laughs) get the fuck out of the house right do not look for a fire extinguisher if the flames are that big do not just go around the house trying to figure out where the flames are with shoes on doors like just get out of the house (laughs) and and that's what this episode reminded me of was my sister running around theoretically putting shoes on doorknobs and me looking for a fire extinguisher and then your parents outside like what's taking them so long what the hell are they doing exactly so like just the whole episode or not the whole episode the whole last act i just kept i'm just like come on so anyway, that's my rant, and that's just, which I suppose that's kind of part of plot structure as well, but I, I, I mean, they're the same category, so I, I docked it kind of significantly. Okay. <sighs> anyway, that's my <laughs> story. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one. I, I totally agree. It, it, towards the end, they're just uh, like a bunch of dumbasses. Yeah. Um, but this episode, more than most, maybe more than any I've seen so far, um, it just had a lot of parts where I was like, wait, why is he doing that? Why is this happening? That's what right. is this? Yeah. And I feel like part of it is because like you mentioned earlier, this episode like tries to tie in so many different things. But then you also have a scene where when the antagonist um, goes to a bar and he like lights it on fire for some reason. Yeah. And the whole time I thought like he was supposed to be like going after these aristocrats or something. But now he's just burning down some shitty ass little bar, a bar that's so small that when you order beer, you just say beer. You don't have to say like a brand or even like a stout or a port or a style. You just say beer like they have one beer. Like that's how shitty and tiny this bar is. And he's burning it down for no reason. For no apparent reason. 
And then, and then there's that scene where he's like trying to make the kids smoke or something. Yeah. Which I, I kind of get like befriending them and saving them to like, you know, if you're trying to like woo the uh, mother, then that's right. a decent strategy. I've even seen nature documentaries where monkeys can do that. <laughs> yeah. There's one where this uh, older male like picks up this little kid, this infant, and like is like dropping it and like being super clumsy with it. And then it starts crying and it picks it up. It picks up the little baby and is like holding it like he's taking care of it he's like oh what's wrong little baby and then the mother sees this because she's freaking out because she hears her, her little baby scream and she's like oh wow this dude's awesome and then they go behind a bush so yeah that makes sense you know befriending the kids to get to the mom <laughs> um but then like why is he making him smoke like what was that yeah well and scully was saying something there was like voiceover before that and I forgot what I should have noted. Oh, when she, she was said. typing her notes about yeah, fantasizing I, about women, because yeah. apparently that's something that only arsonists, arsonists do. do. Yeah. But she said something about like enacting out impulses or something that like made it seem like this was something I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, I, I just got that feeling so many times in this episode. Like, wait, why is this here? What is happening? What is this? Yeah. I don't know what's what this is for. So I found that kind of frustrating and it took me out of it every time. So I gave plot structure and pace a five. Well, maybe it could be lower. I don't know. I originally, this is apparently an episode where talking about it is making me lower everything. Because I, I originally gave it a 4.5, which is the, the low end of meets expectations. And then after talking about it out loud, I'm like, you know what? I was annoyed a lot more often than I should have been. So That's I knocked true. it down half a point to a four. To the, to the high end of below expectations because it just that's a good point just just being so annoying yeah and so few episodes are annoying yeah and this like almost went out of its way to be annoying i don't think that was the goal but every time no. it went out of its way to not do like the main plot it was annoying yeah so i i am also going to bump it down to a three well three wow okay this is below expectations i expect to not be annoyed when I watch that's fair I think that's a more accurate score too because five seemed a little high to me how did you feel about the uh, this is kind of an interesting category for this one I think how did you feel about the outer goals and the emotional needs of the characters in this episode well except for the antagonists I still don't know what's going on with that guy yeah uh I, I do like that they tried to make that uh, a big focus for Mulder uh, and it was something other than finding his sister uh, so that was kind of neat. Uh, just felt kind of flat. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really have anything to say about that. This one was really tough for me because, because again, going back to that, like seeing the emotional side of Mulder, and especially like you said, it's not tied to a sister. This is something new, a different side of him right. we haven't seen before. So part of me wanted to give this uh, this category a, a relatively high score because I mean the, the outer goals are clear: find the arsonist, close the case. Right. That's pretty clear. Um, and then emotional needs, though, like, they're hinted at, but mostly with Mulder. Like, I guess you could say he has an emotional need to get over his fear of fire. But, like, is that even yeah. an emotional need? Like, did he overcome his childhood trauma by saving those kids? I don't think so. I think he was just acting out his rage at Phoebe by saving the kids. I don't think <laughs> it had nothing to do with his childhood trauma. Which, by the way, how old was he supposed to be? He was like, oh, I was a kid and I had to sleep in the rubble. I'm like, I thought that what? was pretty funny, too. Like, I can imagine the parents like, OK, we're going to stay at a hotel. Right. Uh, Mulder and Samantha, you are going to sleep in this rubble. Here's your sleeping <laughs> bags. See you tomorrow. That, that was, story was so bizarre that it has to be based on something true, though. It has to be like I a friend of a friend feel or something. Like, I feel like it was. I feel like Chris Carter had to do that as a kid. I feel like I think I read that somewhere. I could be so making bizarre. that up, but I, I think that did happen. I mean, how, how could anyone think of that? I, I don't know. It's so bizarre. But yeah, and then also this is yet another one that I had. I originally had it a little bit higher. And then I lowered it after what you were saying about the villain. Like yeah. that guy, his, his like, I guess he had an outer goal of like, killing the husbands but then he didn't even like go after the wives it didn't seem like he just like he would kill the husband write a love letter and leave like what was the <laughs> like I, I i get it like okay you're evil you're gonna do evil things you're an arsonist you're gonna burn things it's what you do but like 
either be motiveless or have a clear motive. It made no sense. And then even like, like burning down the bar, what was his motive for that? Why did he do that? Like, what was his goal? And he had no emotional needs. Like, like he was a very underdeveloped villain. Yeah. I think, um, especially for X-Files. Like we had tombs in episode yeah. two. Yeah, <laughs> like, had, yeah, yeah. You know, it was very, very much so outer goal, very much so about survival, but he was still this developed, interesting monster of the week character. And even, even Eve six or not Eve said, but Eve before this, the Eves, like, yeah. You know, they were a little iffy, but they had creepy outer goals. Like, it worked really well. And this was just, like, he's killing rich old men to get at their wives, but then not getting at their wives because he leaves. Like, what it's was like the a, like an embossed schoolboy where he's like, tag, you're at tee and runs away. Oh, right. <laughs> so, so yet again, I had to lower it after, after thinking about it, after yeah. hearing what you had to say. Because, like, what was his... What was the point of him? <laughs> like, what was... It, it was, yeah, I didn't really care for him. So I still gave, I gave the category overall a 4.5. I feel like it still met expectations because, like, Mulder had a little bit of an emotional side to him, at least. I don't know if I'd call it emotional needs, but there was an emotional storyline right. as well as, like, the outer goals. So, I mean, there was something there and more than a lot of episodes in that regard. So, yeah, I'll give it to him there, but... The villain was so underdeveloped, and yeah. the Phoebe storyline was awful. Scully hardly did anything. Like, it just fell flat in a lot of ways. Yep. I agree pretty well with that. I gave it a 5 out of 10 for all the things you said. Like, it tried, and, and it actually did something. It did a few things, but then it, like, completely missed other things. I guess overall it meets expectations. Although I think this is one of the disappointing episodes of season one. And written by Chris Carter. He's so confusing. Yeah. He's so hit and miss. I think he's one and of those. more often than not, he misses. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. At that time, I definitely interrupted you. No, you, you interrupted my interruption yet again. <laughs> uh, I think maybe he's one of those people who's like really good at big ideas and really cool things, but like can't quite develop it all the way. Like a George Lucas. I was just about to say like George Lucas, you need someone to to come in and like rewrite, rewrite this part and cut out this and add some of that. And and that would probably. He needs a Vince Gilligan. Exactly. (laughs) So what did you think about the genre cliches and tropes in this episode? I don't know. It was kind of don't have a strong opinion or a lot to say. I did like the the detail that uh, like he's not like a master of fire. He's not like a uh, master of fire. <laughs> uh, he's he's still like a level one fire wizard, so he can like light a cigarette or or something like that. But he still has to like douse the house in uh, rocket fuel in order to do anything really cool. I thought that was a neat little detail. Ah. I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say about this one. I don't have a whole lot to to add either. I will say for an episode of X-Files, even one this early, I was I was kind of disappointed as far as the clichés and tropes go because it felt like more than anything it was just a procedural that happened to have somebody who could okay. like he, he might as well, in all honesty, he might as well have just been an arsonist. Oh, like like, like he has was, a lighter tied to the inside of his hand the whole time or something. Right, like, like that's there his was, trick. There was absolutely yeah, no reason. That's true. To, now, I, I didn't quite, I was trying to figure out why I disliked this particular category so much. And I, I again, talking about it out loud, I, I, it's dawned on me. Like he, there, there was technically a paranormal element thrown in, but it might as well have not been there. There was right. no reason, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. because, like you said, he had the rocket fuel that was like the undetectable, super flammable thing. So why did it matter that he could light things on fire with his mind? Right. It might as like, well have been uh, Job from uh, Arrested Development, those little fire starter <laughs> things. Exactly. But still, where'd the lighter fluid come from? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, this just felt like it It might as well have been an episode of Law & Order. Yeah. It just had a really clever arsonist. Like that, and that's just, not that that's a bad thing necessarily, but that's not what X-Files is. That's not why I tune into X-Files. I want to see creepy things. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So. That's good. We do, get, we do get a classic X-Files ending, which I like. 
So what was your score for this set Five. All right, I give it a four. It just it was below expectations. I expect more, at least more creepiness, more mystery, yeah. more, more something. I don't want just a straight procedural that kind of sort of has a paranormal twist, but really you could take it out and it wouldn't matter plot wise. Like, yeah, that's true. Um, I, I didn't realize that until you said it. I didn't until I started talking out loud either, but, but there it is. So four for me on that one. Okay. What about uh, dialogue? I thought this had some pretty good dialogue. I did too. I was just about to say that is definitely the, the <laughs> light and the darkness. Yeah. And I think that's always what Chris Carter has, because even like space, I feel like there were, it, it was a boring episode. The dialogue was pretty bad throughout, yeah. but I feel, unless I'm just misremembering, which is entirely possible. I feel <laughs> like I said the same thing about that episode where I was like, consider like all things considered, the dialogue was a bright spot. Um, still not, still not very high. This was definitely way better in every way possible. Right. It was a bright spot relative to everything exactly. else in that episode. Not, Relative to X-Files. Certainly, certainly, yes. Yeah. Um, but I thought this was definitely some of the best, uh, or maybe not the best, some of the better Mulder Scully dialogue we've seen in, in the first half of season one so far. Um, but yeah, I thought this had some some really great dialogue, especially, if not only, between Mulder and Scully. Phoebe, was just, she was weird. I didn't like her. That, that really... Yeah. That, that kept... Uh, probably her character is, is really the main thing that kept this from getting like a perfect for me. Like it was, it's a high score for me, but she dragged it down. Okay. That's, that's pretty good. I, I also agree that the dialogue was uh, pretty good overall. Well, I don't know about pretty good overall. I don't know why <laughs> I said that. Uh, there were high points that I really liked. Um, yeah. Just a lot of little ones sprinkled throughout. I don't know if there's any like quotable things like, Oh yeah, I always say this when I'm in an awkward situation or anything like that. But there was some good dialogue between Mulder and Scully, and I think they tried to have some between Mulder and Phoebe. Even, Phoebe even had Mulder's a little lines. bit. Yeah, even Mulder's lines in those scenes, I was mostly okay with. It was just her. Yeah, she was just. I, I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll get to that in the next category, <laughs> I am sure. So I can't remember anything off the top of my head. That was all that great or that stood out as, as really good or really bad. But I gave it a 7 out of 10 exceeds expectations overall. All right. Finally, one I got higher than you on, I feel like. Well, no, I guess it's been kind of mixed. Um, but I give this one an 8.5. I thought it was, uh, it's the lower side of outstanding. Like I said, Phoebe <laughs> Phoebe kept it from getting into the, uh, the higher range or even from perfect. Um, and even, I guess, the uh, Cecil, his, his lines... But even that, like, his dialogue was fine. It was just his actions were like, what are you doing? Like, even, like, when he was flirting with the girl at the bar, it was kind of like, okay, this is kind of fun. What, now you're burning the bar down? Okay, that's weird. And, like, the scene with the kids, like, that dialogue was great until all of a sudden he's like, you want to puff? I'm like, what? Yeah. So, like, his dialogue was still, like, 90% good, and then he would just do something weird. It's like, what? So, so I guess, I guess him and... And Phoebe kind of kept it down. But I still yeah. thought that the Mulderisms and the Scullyisms, I thought, were really on point with this episode. And a lot of it's the delivery, too. So, so I, I'm already thinking ahead to the next category. I might need to adjust some scores because I forgot how good some of those deliveries are. Um, especially with Scully. Like, her her playing yeah. the, like, it's not quite, I don't think I would call it jealous. I think, again, right, I think right. a lot of people would. I don't think she's jealous of Phoebe. I think it's just, like... And the same reaction anybody would have if they were at work and whoever they were working with was all of a sudden making out with somebody. It's like, come on, right. guy, like, we're yeah. on the clock. Save it for later. Like, come on, be professional. Like, that's that's exactly. It's like, come on, Mulder. Right. That that like kind of eye rolly, like, ah, really, come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I I totally agree. It's not really like a jealousy. I mean, maybe there's like a one percent of that or whatever, but it's really just like. Really, Mulder? Come on. Yeah. Or at least that's how I interpret it as well. And I think that's what it was meant to be. Yeah. I also think she's like, <laughs> this is what I'd like to think. I think there's also a part of her that's just like, really, Mulder? Like, you could do better than this. Like, yeah, she's, that's a big part of it, too. She's crazy. <laughs> she's crazy. And 
I mean, she doesn't treat him right. That's definitely made clear yeah. in the script. But even aside from that, she's just... And then how she crazy. treats Scully when, uh, like when they first meet in Mulder's office and then uh, she walks away and she's like, oh, uh, bye, I guess, or... Or something like that, or yeah, like, she says something weird, weird to Scully when she leaves. Was, I don't know if that was meant to be like a like a catty like dig or I, the way she delivered it. I think because in the scene before they have the scene, and then like at the very end of the scene, I was like, oh yeah, by the way, Dana Scully, Phoebe Green, and then Scully's work is like, oh hello, like just like a really awkward delivery of yeah. like like like, I don't like know. she was forced to acknowledge. Scully's existence. No, that was Scully's reaction. Oh, oh that's right, right. And she was like, it's just like, hello, but like, I can't do it. But it was just a really, I don't know. So I yeah, think, I think was... that was like a mirror where she was like, oh, goodbye. I think it was, she was supposed to be like, but it was like a scene later. And I'm like, why is, I don't know. Yeah, it was it, weird. It, the whole thing was weird. I wasn't really yeah. sure what they were trying to accomplish or go with that. I mean, I really weird. think, I really think they were pushing the like, oh, this is the anti-Skelly. Like, I really think that was the agenda. It's like, it like, well, of course they're not going to get along because they're so different. It could be because there was that scene where they were walking down the street with umbrellas, uh, Mulder and Phoebe and, Mulder said something outlandish, classic standard Mulder that we've all come to know and love. And Phoebe's like, oh, yeah, that's probably it or something like yeah. that. And he starts laughing. He's like, oh, I'm not used to having my ideas accepted that quick. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's uh, that could be what they were going for. But it didn't quite come through to me. No. It was just awkward more than anything. I guess that sums up dialogue. Yeah. Uh, what was your overall score for the writing? My overall would have been quite a bit lower, but the the dialogue really saved it for me. And by saved it, I mean it didn't fall below expectations. <laughs> <laughs> it was a a five point four out of ten, pretty right in the middle. That's exactly what I got, five point four, and it was because wow. of dialogue and the. Uh, I gave them ex, you know, points for points for trying for the character development, which maybe yeah, that was my was, second was highest. That was my second highest as well. So yeah, I get it. All right. So then that's going to bring us to the technical category. The first uh, umbrella category. No surprise. I'm going to have a lot to say. So <laughs> I'm going to let you go first if you're okay with that. It's sure. going to be acting and casting. Oh boy. Well, uh, there's one choice that they made that I really, really liked. And that was the arson specialist at the FBI. <laughs> that dude was awesome. That I guy forgot, was so cool. I forgot to talk about him in dialogue. Yeah, that guy. I, I always like when like a minor character or something is just like really, really into something. Like that's, they're so into it. They're like crazy, creepy into it. <laughs> yeah. But it's okay because they're not crazy creeps. They're actually really cool people who save the day or whatever. And this guy totally nailed it like the scene where he's introduced he's basically fondling a projection <laughs> of fire yeah. and he's going on about it's how beautiful not basically. He, he, he yeah was. yeah he was he, he looked sad that he couldn't actually touch it in real <laughs> yeah. life that it was only a photograph um and like the way he talked and his face and like his, his, his expressions and it, it was just spot on amazing wonderful beautiful that was great that was <laughs> Possibly the highlight of this episode for me is the scenes with him in it. Uh, he was just so into fire. <laughs> he had such a boner for fire. It was, it was really, it was something. It's it's worth watching this episode for that. Uh, and then also when he was interacting with Mulder and Scully, he was he was I don't know. He just like seemed to seem to see what was going on with Mulder and Phoebe and Scully and kind of see the the weirdness going on. But then at the same time, like in the back of his brain, you can see that he's just still thinking about fire and how beautiful <laughs> it is. So that is this episode gains several points for that because that was just so well done. I really like that. Um, it lost possibly an equal amount of points for how much the antagonist was smiling. Yeah. And it was in a really weird way. It was like a cartoonish smile. And, yeah. and even, yeah, well, there's other things that we'll get to in other categories, but <laughs> like that guy was just like cartoonishly over the top. Yeah. And like you pointed out earlier, it was what the second episode was, was tombs third Squeeze. episode squeeze with tombs with tombs. Yeah. yeah. And that guy, like that dude nailed it. Oh yeah. And that was the second episode. 
So it's not like that one guy did all the work. Like there's the director and casting and all these things just just lined up perfectly. Yeah. And and this one, it just it just seemed too over the top, too silly, too cartoonish yeah. for me. And it lost a lot for that. Yeah. And then Phoebe, I couldn't really make up my mind on that. So it was kind yeah. of a wash for me. Yeah, for as much as I disliked Phoebe, which was quite a bit, as you know, yeah, um, I couldn't tell how much of it was the delivery of the lines and how much was the writing. Right. I think it was probably about 80% the writing. So I didn't knock down too much in acting casting. Um, but I do think that there was... There was something about the way she was delivering the lines that just added to like the, I mean, she just had like crazy shark eyes the whole time. Oh, shark eyes. I guess those are tiny, crazy. I don't know. Big eyes. Like, yeah. Just crazy eyes. Just yeah, big. Like someone who drank like way too much coffee or something. Like, That's kind of how she delivered all of her scenes. That's a perfect description. Yeah. She was just like almost jittery or something. Like she was just like too much energy, which I think was, again, I think it was supposed to be the like anti-Scully. Like Scully's pretty low key. She's pretty, uh, yeah. you know, not the most energetic, not that she's like sleeping all the time, but you know, she's, she's pretty laid back. I'm like, okay, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Yeah. Like, she's not like, like, oh my God, we got to go do this. Let's go. Oh, then we got to do this. Go, go, go. Right. And I feel like that's how Phoebe, like she was almost manic. Like she was just, oh, it was too much. I didn't like it. Right. Like, like the most energized Scully gets is like, come on Mulder, let's just go home. <laughs> let's finish the paperwork and go home and take a bath. That's all I want to do. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, and then my note for, uh, for the villain, <laughs> he, and I don't even to be fair, I can't, like, back this up with a specific example of what it reminded me of, so I don't know why this came to mind. But my note was that the villain seemed like he belonged in an 80s music video. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it was just... It was the creepy smile. It was the way, like, when he snaps and, like, the flames go, like, it, yeah, it seemed very, like, uh... like he should start, like, singing. It was almost yeah. like West Side Story or something, though. But, like, <laughs> you know, it seemed like... And then, like, at one point, he gets, like, I don't even know what happened. He got hit in the head. I don't know. It was when he got splashed in the face with the fuel or whatever he yeah. got splashed in the face with. And then he started twirling around like, whoa. Yeah, like all the way down the stairs, out the front door, out the patio. Yeah, and it wasn't just like, stumbling backwards. He was spinning. And I was just like, are you, like, are I feel like this is going to turn into a music video. Like one of those long, <laughs> like like a Michael Jackson music video almost where it's got like the like five <laughs> oh, yeah, minute yeah. story in the front. And right. then all of a sudden, like, like that's kind of what it like. It just seemed like, is this a setup to something? Like, are we going to get mute? Like, obviously I knew that was not going to happen, <laughs> but like, that's just, that's what his performance reminded yeah, me of. Like okay. it was just, that that's just what yeah. it reminded me of. And then my last note with the casting, um, like his acting and casting, I'm not sure how much uh, it was just who they cast and how much was her her acting ability. But the person who played the wife, she just reminded me of the mom from Mary Poppins. Like the way she looked was slightly hmm. similar, but then like the, her high pitched tone of voice and the way she delivered lines, it was like she she belonged in Mary Poppins. It's not just because she's British. I don't think that of every British person, but like okay. there was just. And maybe it wasn't, maybe that's just because that's the most recent movie with people with English accents from that time period that I, like, maybe it was more like her acting style seemed like it was from the 60s, like, maybe that's more the issue. Okay. But she just, all I could think of was, like, the mom from Mary Poppins. So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. For all that said, that was a lot of negatives I just rattled off. And for all that said, I did still, I really liked Mulder and Scully, or I should yeah. say, David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson, like their performances yeah, were, were, were top notch. They were really uh, up at the top of their game, especially with their witty back and forth banter. They had just the right energy level, just the right, right. you know, emphasis and, and subtleties when they needed to have subtleties. Like they were really on point. So I appreciate that. And then the, the fire guy, he was fantastic. <laughs> and I feel like there was maybe another person too that I really liked, but I, mean, I guess that was it. But yeah, so I ended up, uh, I, I gave it a 6.5, which is the low end of Exceeds Expectations. I uh -huh. thought I thought David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson did enough uh, to push it a little bit. And then, uh, you know, maybe I'll do, I'm going to do a 7 even. 
I think David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson pushed it into that exceeds expectations with their performances. Yeah. And then whoever, whoever that was, who was the, <laughs> the fire specialist, he gets an extra half point. So yeah, so I'm going to do a seven for acting and casting. I feel, I feel pretty comfortable with that. What did you give it? Or is there anything you wanted to add? Five. Just a five after everything you went on and on about with the boner specialist? No, that is not all right. <laughs> 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 no, that's not what I meant to say at all. Even with the guy who had a boner for fire, it still just got five. Yeah, like I like I said, that guy gave this category so many points and then the villain knocked the everything down canceled all fair. that out yeah he had a look he definitely was cast for his look like he had a good look right like he looked like an x-files villain but it's just the, over the, the top. performance was yeah all right so that's going to bring us to the next subcategory which is going to be cinematography how did you feel about the cinematography of this episode uh, I gave it a three out of ten because it was below expectations. Really? Maybe you can uh, uh, persuade me otherwise. It just didn't feel like X Files. Um, and there were a few scenes where, like, how it was framed. There was one where Mulder and Scully are talking, and Mulder's like in a bathrobe with his feet on the table, and it takes up like half the screen is Mulder's feet. Yeah, that wasn't really like, awkward. What is what? And there were just I don't know, just kind of a few things like that, and it didn't feel like an X Files. And maybe maybe that's what they were going for because it was in a different location. It was in Cape Cod. Um, every episode's in a different location, though. Yeah, so you're right. That's not even a very good excuse. Um, maybe it's because so much of it was like indoors at fancy hotels and mansions and stuff. I don't know. For some reason, this just, it didn't look like X files. And the few times I did notice things like camera angles and movement and framing and mise-en-scene and all that was, was just like, like with Mulder's feet, like why is half the screen Mulder's feet? What is going on? And I can't think of anything that really stood out as all that, all that excellent. So it's a low score, but I think a three out of ten uh, sums it up for me. All right, I will agree that for the most part, this episode didn't look too much like an X Files episode. It was a little bland. I'd forgotten about that awkward shot with Mulder's feet. That whole scene was shot awkwardly. Like at one point, he takes off his robe. I'm like, we have not established that he's wearing pants. <laughs> I was like, is he just getting naked in front of Scully and she's not even caring? Like, what is even happening? And then you get like a little glimpse of his pants and i'm like okay i don't feel like they showed enough to like right. put us at ease but okay at least he's wearing something right if you like my girlfriend are staring at where his crotch <laughs> would show up then you can see a sliver of underwear i was just concerned because sure concerned you were gonna <laughs> was... miss out no it was just <laughs> awkward <laughs> um so that scene was pretty awkward and even just the scenes with like Mulder and Phoebe like when they were dancing and stuff like it was supposed to be like this intimate shot and those just looked and that might go to to the performances as well it might have been the actors I'm not sure how much of it was cinematography and how much was was the performances but they just looked uncomfortable like they didn't look like they had any chemistry they didn't look like they wanted to be in the same room together which kind of worked for Mulder's character because they are David Duchovny's character I guess because he kind of didn't want to be around her. Like she had heard him before. And he's like, I guess this is a professional courtesy. Like there was a little bit of hesitation there. So I could kind of maybe see it, but then her, like she should have been like, like she was actively pursuing him. Like, and I don't know. So those scenes were a little bit awkward. I did. um, I did give this, this episode a decent bump for cinematography though, because I did think the scenes with the villain, with Cecil. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the lighting with those scenes were actually pretty decent, um, particularly the scenes that we hate so much, like the the bar scene. I thought the lighting was actually really nice in that scene. Okay. Um, for as pointless as that scene was, uh, it was shot really nicely. It had a lot of like um, pretty dramatic shadows. Like it was very contrasty, which especially for the time you didn't see a lot of that on TV. Yeah. So that, that felt very much so like X-Files. And even that scene when they're, when they're in the hotel and he's like 
weirdly glaring slash smiling at Scully. Like yeah, I was I was about to say you reminded me of that. Yeah, he's like hiding behind a fern, kind of. And, <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and like the lighting is like at his feet, looking up, and it's yeah, so over the top. It was over the top, but like the lighting looked good. <laughs> the his facial expression and the the framing, the context within the plot, like all of that was over the top and ridiculous. But I thought the lighting looked nice. Okay, Liz Lemon. It did though. And even the framing, like I don't know why he was like behind a fern or whatever. That was a little over the top. It's just cartoonish. But I don't know. I didn't mind the lighting. I thought the lighting in that case, uh, it, it looked like X Files, and it it satisfied me okay. in that regard. Um, so I gave cinematography a six overall because because there was enough there that I can say it met expectations. Certainly, it didn't exceed it. But I felt like it was on the high end of, of meets expectations because of those few scenes sprinkled in okay. that had a little bit more style to the lighting that, that felt a little more X-Filesy. And even all the scenes with the fire. Um, That's probably very hard to film. Yeah. And it's not like you can redo it a dozen times. Right. And and I felt like those looks, looks decent. Um, again, for as much as I hated all those scenes, all oh, the lighting was was fine. How did you feel about the editing and special effects? Um, well, I totally forgot about filming fire, but I did not forget about actually using fire. And I think they did a pretty good job of that. Uh, editing, I don't really have anything to say about that. Nothing stands out as notable. But yeah, they... There was a lot of fire, and I assume that's very difficult to work with. And from the few things I remember reading, it's very difficult to work with. And I thought they did a pretty good job on that. So I bumped it up for that. How about you? Uh, I have a little bit of a hard time with this category because, like, on the one hand, like, it was very ambitious of them to have so much of the episode involve fire. And I thought they did a pretty good job, especially the scenes of, like, Cecil when he's on fire. Like, those looked really good. Um, but then the scenes at the end where it was, like, the house on fire. Okay. It was just so many, like, slow motion shots of there was, fire. Like and, that, yeah, And I the know. same shot yeah. was used, like, ten times. Yeah. So in that regard, it, it kind of balanced out for me where I was, like, okay, they did some really cool stuff and, and stuff looked really good, especially for the time and the budget and the fact that it was TV, all that stuff. Did great with what they had. But then on the other hand, I think excessive and pointless uses of slow motion is one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. And this really felt... I'm sure it's because they didn't have enough yeah. footage of fire like, well, so slow it down. But didn't do it for me. Yep, I know exactly what... what- what frames you're talking about. I can see it in my eye, <laughs> in my mind's eye, in my mind, wherever. Wherever I see it, I see it. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. What was your total score? I just gave it a five. It was kind of a wash for me. Yeah, I give it a seven. Yeah. A slight boost. How about the sound and music? This one I don't have really much to say about. I didn't. I don't think I noticed the music once in the whole episode. So there's not really much to say there. The one thing that is of note that that I can remember even as a kid thinking it was cool. I'm sure somebody pointed it out to me. I don't think I would have just noticed it. It sounds like something my mom would have pointed out to me. But there's the scene at the end where he's all charred and that like the nurse comes in and is like, is there anything I can get for you? And his eyes like pop open and you can hear like, yeah. like the charred crackling. Oh, it's great. It's a great subtle but but noticeable Perfectly that, yeah. applicable. Seems like what it would sound like. It's eerie. It's unsettling. That got a little boost for the for the sound design. Right. I, yeah, I, I noticed that too. And it's like, you see his eyes flash open and that's like a little like jump. You're like, oh, oh, geez. And then you hear that. It's like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Like it's, it's even more jarring than seeing mm-hmm. his eyes open. And it's, it's still very subtle. Yeah. So, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's a good one, too. Um, there was a sound effect that they use for starting fires, and I've heard that on many things, including probably dozens of video games, and that was kind of annoying. Yeah. There's a few sound effects that, for whatever reason, are used everywhere. Yeah. Even on, like, high-budget mm-hmm. movies, there's, like, this fire-starting sound that, like, whoosh, whatever, I don't know why I tried to do that. <laughs> uh, that, and then there's, like, a door-creaking-open sound that's used all the time, and then the Wilhelm yeah. scream. It's like a police radio soundbite. Yeah. I don't know what they're actually saying, but it sounds like Slater's car phone 148902. 
exactly what it sounds like they're saying. But oh, okay. I the only reason I always notice it is because that was the sound that played in SimCity when you placed a police station. <laughs> <laughs> so ever since yeah, I was a kid, yeah, I constantly yeah, yeah. hear. I'm like, why? Why does that the same sound? As? Wow. Okay. I didn't notice that in this episode, but that's that's one of those sound effects that. It's like stock, stock sound. Yeah, just like stock police radio chatter okay. yeah um so those sound effects kind of balanced each other out the music i did notice at one time and it was like a slower like that sort of like ancient flute sound thing that they kind of do sometimes i think that's what it was i don't know i don't really have much to say five out of ten that's yeah, pretty close to me i gave it 5.5 5 out of 10 everything seemed pretty average. i probably should have gone a little bit lower especially because i didn't even notice the music but the, those eyes popping open gave, yeah, it, gave it a boost. So totally understandable. Yeah. yeah. How did you feel about the aesthetics for this episode? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much my thoughts too. Five out of ten. Me too. Places looked like places, clothes looked like clothes. Five out of ten. I kind of feel like I should go even lower just because it, like my, my note that I put next to it is everything seemed on the generic side, especially for X-Files. Yeah, that's true. Which makes me feel like maybe I should go even below that. But nothing was bad. Like, it's not like, like oh, that was obviously shot on a soundstage. <laughs> right, or, right. There's, like, there's what the hell bad. were they wearing? Like, you know, yeah, there was nothing cringy, nothing bad. It just didn't look like X-Files and didn't, didn't exceed my expectations. So I guess I'm okay with a five. All right, so then on that note, unless there's anything you want to add for the technical stuff... Uh, what was your total score for the category? For technical, it came out to a 5.0 meets expectations. All right, that was a 5.7 meets expectations. Memorability. I kind of remember this episode. I'm pretty sure you remember it. I remember it. It's it's kind of like space for me, though, where it's like, I remember it, but I remember disliking it more than anything. Yeah. Like when we saw that this episode, there's this one and then there's there's Fire Walker, which is coming up later, which is a yeah. great episode. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And for a second, when I saw Fire, I thought that one was coming up and I was like, yes. And then I remembered like. No, I think it's the one with the weird Scotland Yard lady and the, the eyes crack yeah. open at the end. Like, so I was like, okay, like I remember it. Like I could play out practically the whole episode in my head once I figured out that it wasn't this other episode that I like a lot more. But then when I'm remembering those things, it's kind of like, ugh, I like this episode. Like it's, I'm remembering all the things I don't like. Except for the end scene. The end's great. It's a classic end scene for X-Files. It's just... I, my note is kind of like space. It's memorable for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> okay. Better than space. I don't mean to keep comparing it to that. It's way better than that episode. Don't get me wrong. But it does have that similarity at least where I remember it, but I remember that I don't like it and would probably skip it if we weren't doing a rewatch. Sure. Okay. I don't really need to rewatch that one. I kind of think the same thing. Like I remember bits and pieces of it. Um, but this is never, never an episode where I think like just out of the blue, like I'll, I'll, I'll remember an episode of X-Files, you know, that I watched 10, 20 years earlier and that, that does not happen with this episode. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like I said, there's, there's things I remember, but I don't remember, I don't remember it for the best reasons that I could remember an episode for. So I gave it a five out of 10. Me too. Which is kind of harsh for these first season episodes because i know we've both seen them like a dozen times yeah um but yeah eh. i I would not be surprised if i went the rest of my life without ever remembering this episode i mean i would remember it it just wouldn't be if someone jogged my memory like it wouldn't be a spontaneous memory like on a cold Mm -hmm. rainy winter night i'm like you know what would be perfect for this it's not one that i would ever just spontaneously sit down and watch but I do think, I don't know, like if somebody was like, name name all the episodes of X-Files you can think of. Oh, okay. And this would probably yeah. come up relatively early. But that's that's a very different, I mean, that's like, I don't yeah, know, name I, all 50 states. Like, well, you can do it. It doesn't mean you bend all 50 states. It doesn't mean you have positive memories with all 50 states. Just because you can name something. Like, that's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. But it's definitely not one that I would just sit down and watch unless I was watching all the episodes in order. Right. Like we are now. 
So it's really the only time I can think of that I would ever yeah. probably watch this episode again. So I guess that brings us to our next category, overall enjoyment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess Mine, I kind of jumped ahead a little there. Yeah, I think ours are both pretty low. Mine's pretty low. It's a three Ooh. below expectations. There's a few little things here and there. Uh, mostly just the Mulder Scully dialogue. Yeah. But was... even that, like right now, I can't remember any of it off the top of my head. It was just watching yeah. it. I was like, oh, that's, that, was, that was a neat little thing. That was a nice little thing. Nice little touch. It wasn't like quotable Mulder and Scully, but it was charming. I had fun watching yeah. it. Yeah. Three out of ten for me, below expectations. Wow, it's quite a bit lower than I did. I went 5.5 out of ten. Um, really? I was under the impression you did not enjoy this episode. I don't enjoy parts of this episode. I hate Fifi. I can't stand her scenes. But when she's not in the scenes, <laughs> and when it's not a villain scene by himself, I guess when it's Mulder and Scully. <laughs> Like, those scenes are great. That I mean, that's literally my note, is the Mulder Scully scenes kept this from dipping below expectations for me. Okay. That, that was literally my note, Just I'm like, well, they did have, like, they, they were charming, and they were fun, and I, I enjoyed watching, like, I genuinely really liked, I had fun watching those scenes. Okay, I think that's, that sounds like a really good Chris Carter episode. Because I think he really good. Well, I mean, a good description, maybe good yeah. description of a good Chris Carter episode. Like he's <laughs> really good at the overall ideas and the Mulder and Scully relationship. I think. Yeah. Which is why the pilot is so amazing. Right. Because like he's he just nails a few things, and if if you focus on those things, like the Mulder and Scully relationship and their interactions, then that can for if Chris Carter writes it then you're going to really like it if that's what you're focusing on. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, uh, to give this episode any extra credit. Nope. Me neither. I always feel so bad when I don't give an episode extra credit. I feel like there's always got to be at least one thing I can just be like, oh, but look at this thing. But uh, Nope. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything. I, I couldn't. I thought for sure something would come up while we were talking. And yeah. I know, me too. I spent a couple minutes thinking about it, and I thought, talk about something, and it would jog my memory, but nope. Yeah. No extra credit for me. Me neither. Uh, so, well, was there anything else you want to add about this episode, or should we wrap it up with our total scores? No, let's just end this. <laughs> I got Not a f- that bad. It's, we got through space. We can get That's through true. <sighs> my total percent was a 46 even. It's quite a bit lower than Technically mine. meets expectations, but... It's a few points below 50. What was yours? Uh, mine was a 54 even. So pretty square in the middle of meets expectations. Uh, okay. So I was I four know. points below 50 and you're four points above 50. Yeah. I don't know. It does a few things really well and a lot of things not particularly well. I'm surprised this scored that high for you. I really like the Mulder Scully scenes. I think that really carried this episode. Again, by that I mean kept it from falling below expectations. <laughs> right, it, it carried it like at the surface it, of the water yeah, so it, that you're not drowning, not yeah, like flying through carried, that sky. Carried it to mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there, I mean, dialogue was by far the highest score and the only thing that got into outstanding. And, and acting and casting, again, because of the Mulder Scully scenes, got into exceeds expectations and everything else. Uh, was either below expectations or meets expectations. Um, so really, it was those two things. And then my overall enjoyment was was a decent amount higher than yours, a couple points higher. Um, again, because of the Mulder Scully scenes, like that yeah. really kind of like Loki and Thor: Dark World. <laughs> those scenes <laughs> right. did a lot for me, even if the episode on the whole was pretty bland and boring. Boring is harsh. Bland is not. Bland, bland is a decent description yeah i think it just missed the mark for me yeah me too all right so that is gonna wrap up this review of season one episode 12 be sure to uh, subscribe to this episode on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts to uh, make sure you don't miss an episode we post new episodes every sunday night just like the good old days next week is going to be season one episode 13 beyond the sea really excited about that one haven't had a good scully centric episode yet so that should be fun And if you want more information on the Gritty Films grid rating system, you can check that out over at grittyfilms.com slash the grid. And that's Gritty Films spelled G-R-I-D-D-Y. 
gritty.films.com. You can also check out the Patreon page over at patreon.com slash grittyfilms. And uh, if you could rate and review this podcast on iTunes, that would be super appreciated and is the best way to support the podcast and help us get more listeners. And so that is, uh, that's going to wrap everything up. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week. Thank you.